Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 442. It ends in 42, The Secret of Life. So that has to be a good omen for all of us, including Florence Ion. Flo, how are you doing this week? Um, How am I doing this week? I Nobody's asked me that in a while. <laughs> Just kidding. You know who asked me that recently? Apple Journal. Oh, you're using yes. a new journaling app. Yeah, I know. Listen, listen. Don't get my use the Google Podcast. Remember, I got no, the no, iPhone no, 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 on no, like the other is... half of the desk. Oh no, I'm just just reminding everybody. You know, I'm comparing experiences. Um, and I wrote about Apple Journal this week because they finally made it live in the iOS 17 update that went out to the iPhone users that are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Thank you if you are listening to us, by the way, on an iPhone. Um, anyway, I. I it's been asking me existential questions and I can't tell if it's the algorithm like pegging me as a complete emo or if it's that's just how they programmed it for everybody. But <laughs> I'm kind of feeling called out by it. And so <laughs> as a result, I have banned the iPhone to the charger for now. <laughs> and I've just been kind of exclusively using the Pixel 8 Pro also because I got my Gemini update. Oh, nice. Yes. I have no idea if anything has happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got the update, and then the prompt came on, and then I accidentally dismissed it. And and then today I was taking pictures on my little walk because it's nighttime, and I like to test the night sight with the Christmas lights. Of course. Also because I like Christmas lights, whatever. Um and then I got another prompt for one of the AI features in the camera app. And then again, I missed it. And then I had no idea how to like turn it on or anyway. So needless to say, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what <laughs> the AI part is of the Pixel 8 Pro. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> I want. I'm not going to say this is a scam, but AI is like at least 82% hype anytime there's even an actual like feature or Ugh. update or whatever. And so like, as I'm trying to, as I'm trying to use, uh, use Bard, I'm trying to figure out, okay, am I seeing the benefits of Gemini here or am I imagining I'm seeing That's benefits from Gemini? That. You know, about the pixel as well. Is this the, oh, did it just take a picture like this because of the benefits of Gemini? <laughs> Or was this another like and you yeah. know I don't I don't have I don't have the time or the wherewithal to do the code slew thing that would be required to really understand at what stage the app was capable of doing whatever the heck it is that it was doing <laughs> right. algorithmically. But this is all getting very silly. It's getting very silly. I thought the NFC or not NFC. <laughs> What were they called? What what were the arty things called? NPCs? I forgot what they were called already. NFCs. I'm sorry. NFCs. Yes, they were NFCs. Non-fungible oh, NFTs. NFTs and non-fungible NFTs. Tokens, I'm so sorry, everyone, for getting that confused. But just it just shows you how like I totally forgot about them. Oh, good. But yeah. they came, <laughs> but they came so fast as like this big fad. But I actually think AI is worse because this is this is going to stick around and this is what my Android experience is about. And so I'm trying to understand if this is going to improve things or if this is just going to annoy me as a person who 
is trying so hard to remain faithful to Android. This is like really. Can I get a soap opera for a moment? Please. Can I can I can I be the evil governor? Oh, uh, always. You can always be the evil governor. Um Ms. Ion, I'm Sino. You know, your family farm has been a linchpin of the local economy and local state history for oh eight, nine generations, but I'm sorry, that new water plant has to go somewhere, and it's not going to go someplace where it's not going to make me a half a million dollars. If I were you, I'd start packing. So this is like the beginning of the soap opera, right? This is the beginning of the drama, and now we're at the part where... It fades to one of the B or C or D stories, yes. Correct, correct. And now we're in the the F story, F or flow. (laughs) <laughs> which is um falling it's not that I'm falling out of love but definitely I'm at the stage in my marriage with android I don't even care I'm doing this committing I'm at the stage in my marriage with android that oh it's we need counseling like really it's like really hard to say right and I'm sorry by the way if this is like triggering anybody <laughs> because I'm totally using a real world example of what would happen um pixel i think our relationship is strong enough that we can see other phones <laughs> that's how much i believe in our union it's not even the it's not even the <laughs> pixels just all this ai on android it's okay. just because yep. the samsung is doing it too in some capacity and so are the other phone manufacturers it's just i just feel really tired by it you know and and i've been hanging out with the iphone so in the soap opera I mean, analogy, tell- the iPhone Andy, would be the I've tennis instructor. Andy, I've been telling the iPhone my thoughts. Andy, <laughs> I've been opening Journal. up to oh, the iPhone. Yeah. <sighs> oh, honey. How about a? And it's prompting you to say, "Oh, you're enjoying a walk today. What What did you feel when you took this picture?" <laughs> right, and I feel seen for for once in a long time because Android has been making me feel seen as a user. Oh and, and on top of everything else, like the AI is trying to solve your problems for you when when Apple just wants to listen. That's the difference. Oh my god, this is. Hey, this is can really I can I can I help you write this email? <laughs> hey, let yes. Let, can you take you, on the emotional labor for me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, may, maybe you want to try a version of your email that's not quite so angry and emotional. Here's a here's a draft of what that would look like. Okay, but you see, that's that's why I love my relationship with Android is because, yeah. Anyway, this this <laughs> could go. I'm going to continue with this metaphor in another show. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you privy to what's going on in what would we call the soap opera, um, as the as the droid turns. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. Maybe a little too cheesy. I'm still. Try, I'm trying hard for for a variation on Days of Our Lives. But I, I can't. Know. Oh, which, by the way, was tensor, my favorite soap opera when I, did, when I was into. Is that, too, is that too deep a cut? Oh, my God. Tensor Place. I love it. Anyway. Uh... Hey, did, did you, what, <laughs> by the way, speak, uh, maybe that was on my mind because, uh, so did you used to watch uh, Melrose Place? 
Yeah, I've seen okay. it all the okay. way through the I'm end. I'm sure. But, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I don't have a bookmark because it just came up. But there was there was an article I'm going to have to send you a link to when I when I recover it. That there was some sort of like uh, activist artist or activist artist group that engaged in a multi-season long campaign to sneak subversive art onto the set of Melrose Place. And I didn't get to the very end of the article, so I don't know if that was like with the knowledge of this of the art directors or whatever. But for instance, there's like, hey, you see this picture of like this person that there's an episode in which like she's like thinking about uh about her pregnancy and she's got this oh this interesting like little throw like on her on her uh, little, little throw blanket. Out. And it's like, oh, that's here's here's what that that blanket actually is, and it contains like the molecular. It's the it's the molecule for like this other drug <laughs> that is related to related to like pregnancy. It's like, oh, like oh, and here's. I what- always wondered about that. Oh my gosh. Okay, thank you, Andy. For so this was in Slate a couple days ago. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this up. I've actually always wondered about the art because I would look at it and. It was it was always so much more striking than remember remember everyone I am an Aaron Spelling freak okay <laughs> I just I look at the backgrounds you know you like study things and plus like I'm just really fascinated by the inner workings of being a writer in Hollywood and how it's its own little you know because I'm a writer in the tech journalism world and so we have our own little network of stuff and I've always been you know interested at the behind the scenes so. Thank you for thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> firstly and secondly, now I'm going to have to rewatch this in my little read it later. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, to my my own rewatch is that like uh, there's there is uh, why is it that the most fun parts of YouTube are always uh, yeah. quasi quasi legal? I mean. There's a little if they maybe they know about it, but there's it's too much difficulty to actually like shut this down. So someone's doing an ongoing project. They're calling the MST3K Upscale Project, where they are using yes. software upscaling to upscale like all of these like standard definition episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And this has gotten me to, and of course they they've just finished uh, upscaling all of the actually both of the Christmas episodes. And so, like, uh, right before the uh, right before recording, I was I was watching the upscaled version of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which really is legitimately one of my like holiday favorite traditions. That's one of, and that's one of the marquee episodes. Exactly, uh, seasonal episodes of MS3 TK. We watch it in 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 my house as well. Yeah, and it's it really it. I mean, there there are a lot of debates we can have about like digital upscaling. Okay, it's and especially when you get right. into oh well, they're also like increasing the frame rate, putting in details that were that weren't there to begin with. But damn, on my 4K TV, like watching the host segments, and they look they're it's a well done upscale, and it's like I can't complain. I know that on snooty Fraser Crane artistic conceptual <laughs> grounds, I should be like oh. My 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 monocle has dropped into my martini glass. I'm shocked, shocked I am. Like this actually looks really good, and it's much more. It's much better to watch than than like the this basic VHS transfer that I've been watching for like years and years and years. And like, because not only that, like the 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 movie itself, they still have the. Of course, it, it's the original like edition. So like the print they have is the print they have, which was like all 
messed up and scratchy and like has dust and junk on it. It's, you can tell they got like a print that had been like rented out for like, you know, 20 years or something like that. See, the other, the other thing is that other people have gotten better print because Santa Claus co Conquers the Martians is in the public domain. People have gotten hold of like much, much, much better prints and upscaled those. And then like, it's really super weird when there's content that you're very, very familiar with because you've been watching this for years and years and years and years. But then for the very first time, you get to see it in a non-crappy form. Like, and suddenly like you're seeing details hmm. like, oh, here's what, here's what's written on the name badge of the person who's like pumping gas. Like, oh, so that now I clearly see like why they're making a joke about this thing in the background because I couldn't see it uh, in the, the first like 50 times that I, that I saw it. And like, this is why I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be good about, oh no, no, no. Piracy is bad. Piracy is awful. You can, you can buy these things on Shout Factory and like, yeah, but you can't get this version of it. And I really like this version of it. So I, two things. The first thing I'm going to tell you, the second thing is related. The first thing I'm going to say is speaking of Kelsey Grammer, I found out he's in like every freaking nineties Disney holiday special. <laughs> Mona, Mona definitely binged. I, I let her, I let her go ham over the weekend. So I heard a lot of Kelsey over the weekend. Uh, second thing, speaking of generative AI. So this thing that you're talking about, they, there is a filter on TikTok that is doing this right now. So you feed it your, your still photos and then it expands. It turns the photo into like a wide angle photo and oh, expands yeah. what it is around it. One of them that I saw generated a woman in the photo <laughs> that the, the woman who had posted it in her TikTok, it generated a woman she had never seen before. <laughs> but because her images were of Romania, so this is this is an American woman who lives in in Romania, and she had like fed the the TikTok AI generator um, her photos of her in Romania. It generated like a very generic looking like Romanian, like young Romanian woman, okay. or I would say young Balkan woman. Let's say okay. somebody from that side. It was, and which was weird. That was weird. <laughs> I thought that was a little weird because it essentially puts somebody in there that doesn't yeah. exist. It's, but now somehow they exist in a memory and it's. Yeah. That's, see, that's, that's where I get some. Uh, there are so many really interesting conversations that AI is bringing up. And yeah. one, and, and, but some of them are like, I. Uh, the ones that the ones I one of them that I find really interesting is the idea of how AI can, like you said, kind of tamper with memory because we're so very suggestive. And mm -hmm. so if we if we remember something as having happened, we need photographic proof, video proof to prove that no, it didn't happen that way. And uh, was it uh, one of those uh, one of those uh, DNA uh, genetic? Uh, family history sites had this AI tool about last year, year before where you give it a still photo and it will like turn into just a little animated like portrait where the person is like blinking and smiling and turning their head a little bit. To oh the, God, right? I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. And, yeah. and and it wasn't that sophisticated. Basically they had, they basically had recorded real like models, like going through like those little like head nods and things like that. And the, the, the AI would basically map that picture onto one of these faces that's already there. Um, and was look very convincing, but 
And there's, of course, at the time, there's lots of posts on social media about how, oh, I, I, I showed my dad, my my grandfather, like the the this video of a of her, his late 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 <sighs> yeah. wife after looking at, at as she was at age thirty, and I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't really her. And even as good, because I I I gave it like things like uh, 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 like Hollywood celebrities had like their uh, like their their ID photos taken at MGM. So it's not even like a publicity photo. It really is, uh, really is like this actress just basically smiling and staring dead ahead, which is perfect for that sort of thing. And it looks great, but I don't know her, and I don't know like what did she really blink that way? Like was she? Mm-hmm. And there's and so the New York Times, there's an article that I bookmarked. I haven't read yet, but it's the same okay. sort of thing. Um, this is something I actually was talking about last year when this stuff started being gener- started like being something you could foresee. <laughs> started being generated, yes. Well, you know, no, but <laughs> I mean precisely, yeah. <laughs> but so there are people. I mean, this is one of the things, the pie in the sky things I was positing, like on the radio, yeah, saying that like because now you can create a voice model based on a very very short subset of of speech in some oh, yeah, case i think yeah, yeah, google yeah, yeah. ai had a, a announcement or a, a, a paper it was amazon was it amazon or no I, oh I, sorry I, I, no i, I, I mean amazon had something they were putting in the market so that you oh, could do that right right Apologies. Uh, App, so uh, apple apple has something similar like to as an assistive technology so that you can if you've lost your voice through surgery or radiation or whatever okay um but but they're but they're talking about like uh you can have uh, this. This stacks two or three different things. Where, with a snippet of like your 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 late father's voice, you can also feed it like all the texts and all the emails that like he sent you. And there was another story. Part of the story was uh, this person, this grandfather, actually wrote written down like his memoirs. And so they created an AI, basically an AI chatbot, where the bereaved grand grandchild could ask questions of their grandfather and hear responses back in his voice. And like, I don't want to have, it's, it's not his, it's not his voice. It's not, it's, it's soothing to hear that voice again. It's soothing to be able to say, to be able to, and my, my parents are more than 10 years dead. And there are still times where like, Oh man, I really wish I could talk to my dad about this or God, I wish I could, celebrate this with my mom and tell her that you know what i wonder how she would react to this but i can't i you can't let your memories of somebody that you're never going to see or talk to again be infiltrated or overwritten by a synthetic version of that um i mean we can the pen i'll I'll just like pen pen gillette uh said something when he was talking about uh you know fraudulent spiritualists which are you know spirit mediums which are which of course are all of them and he said something I thought was really, really like cut to the bottom of it that I hadn't really, really articulated in my head yet. That like it's it's not just oh haha it's fun and they're oh, okay we all know it's fake or oh it's too bad they're scamming these people for money and that and that's bad part that's a bad part of it too. But what really made him feel like filled with disgust is that these mediums like were again someone who's in a in a state of bereavement who. Is hasn't finished grieving for their parents yet. Uh, maybe someone was taken from them uh, unexpectedly, and this medium is manufacturing a conversation with their mother and saying things that their mother never said. They're not getting this isn't a real conversation, but they're getting they have the opportunity to insert elements into this person's memory and this person's narrative with their loved one, 
which is absolutely beyond the pale in terms of unethical that if you know if 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 if, if i if i saw a medium to talk to my mom and oh, I, be- yes. and I and i and i absolutely believe that this medium was legit because oh my god they came up with so many details that only my mother would know and of course there were hundred ways well how they could they could know that without without talking to my, my my late mother but like if she's oh yeah she's she's uh she's taken up flower arranging in heaven she's always she always loved those red flowers does that mean anything like oh yeah we had we used to have poinsettias every christmas oh yeah she like okay so now i have again in my mental state i have it that mom loved those points the red poinsettias when maybe she didn't maybe they were just a gift for my aunt that would come every single year and she would set them out you know and like they don't have the right to override or overwrite my legitimate memories with absolute fake stuff and this is the exact same sort of thing like i th- i think that uh, i'll again we're we're going to hour 3 about this but it would be it would be uh, it would be interesting to have like a smart speaker be able to use a voice like that where i i just enjoy i would just hypothetically enjoy hearing that voice again even though i know that it's just a synthetic voice um in the same way that for a time after my mom passed i enjoyed wearing this little this bracelet that reminded me of her and then after about a year i didn't it it, uh, it had done its job i didn't have to wear it anymore and maybe then at that point i would remove the synthetic voice from the smart speaker but i think we're getting into a really interesting area of where how technology can and cannot help us through a bereavement process because it is a process and it has to be unique to everybody i i agree and also bereavement is unique to everybody grief is unique to everybody i would So I do want to add something to this conversation because I think that a lot of people look at it as like, oh, you could recreate a loved one's voice. I actually think that that could be similar to what you were saying about like inserting memories. Um, Imagine working through the life. Imagine finally deconstructing the life that you had with an abusive parent. Yeah. And getting to have those conversations with them. Now, imagine being extremely emotional, possibly under the influence of something, and then having AI recreate those things for you. I foresee a lot of psychological implications of what's coming out from this AI technology, and like nobody is talking about it. We keep, I, I agree that it's a very beautiful thing to be able to, you know, that's why I've, I keep voicemails. Yeah. Because sometimes you just want to like, listen to the audio of a person that you just miss so much you just miss their voice especially in this age where we don't voice call as much <laughs> right but a lot of people aren't talking about what happens when somebody fakes you saying something yeah what happens when you you know not even just like a nefarious thing but when you you just you keep yourself on a loop like these are sort of like things I think I'm thinking about. Yeah. Like if somebody's having a psychological breakdown, you know, you do things to keep yourself on a loop. I can right. imagine AI playing. Some- anyway. Yeah. It's, <sighs> it's, it's, I mean, just to wrap up, I mean, it's um, one of the things that keeps me fascinated about technology is that it is so much like art. It is a, it is a process. It's a medium through which we understand ourselves better because it's something that we create and what we choose to create with us says a lot about who we are, how we 
interpret an upcoming technology. What we fear about that technology tells us a lot about what we fear in general. What we want to do with it shows a lot about our own insecurities and our own hopes and dreams. And again, mm -hmm. and, and, and many of the same things are true about art as well, that we don't know why pop art was so popular in the 1960s, but it was. And that says a lot about not just, not just bonehead collectors who have too much money and like to hop onto a popular trend, but it says a lot uh, about what the times were and why that caught the fascination. And so my artificial intelligence, I could see a sociologist who's far removed from this because that's the only time that you can do like, the, the sociology on this. The idea of, is this because we all felt in a post 9-11 world and in a post Trump world that we have no control mm. of our lives. We have, mm. we are simply swept along events we can't yeah. control. And AI was something that magnified all of those fears. Yeah. It's, that's what one of the rewards of being of getting older is that you can get to see uh, what happened, what you went through twenty years in the past with twenty years worth of retro of, of retrospection. Do you see what we got out of mentioning Melrose Place? There you go, Aaron okay. Spelling. So I don't want to ever hear it from his <laughs> mouth. Okay. Well, uh, we have we have a uh, we're recording on Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll have this out to you really, 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 really quickly, which means that you will have just enough time to still take advantage of. Relays members sale. We are having a sale, uh, twenty percent off all annual annual plans of memberships, and that sale goes to December fifteenth. So that's Friday this week. Friday, you'll probably you can jump on it. Just jump right on it and uh, go to uh, go to uh, giverelay.com and use the coupon code code holidays twenty twenty four. And as usual, you'll get some really nice things from it. You get members only perks like wallpapers. Most of all, you'll get access to every Relay FM host members only segments. We do we do a special episode every single week. Uh, Flo, thank you very much. That's one of the nice. That's one of the best things that we started doing this week, and that's because like you did legwork to how do we do this? What's the best way to do this? Uh, and so I've been we've we've all been really really enjoying it uh, every single week as a way to sort of wind down after after the show. This mm -hmm. this week we're going to be we realize that not only is it like is time running out for you to take advantage of the member sale but also time is running out for all of us to hang our christmas decorations if a if we are a household that hang wants to hang christmas decorations or and b if we are so inclined to do so so that's going to be our members episode this week uh and so you get to see, get to see that as as our thank you for helping to support the show and, and all of relay fm your money really really does help us out a lot we very 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 much appreciate it. as we mm -hmm. as we are fond of saying we appreciate your time most of all because there is a very limited amount of that and you're not you can't just simply make more of it uh but we're also grateful to members for uh for their monetary ah, stuff i that wish <laughs> uh we love you all thank you so much uh but we do have a cool show coming up today uh epic versus google didn't come out the way that maybe Ooh. google had hoped it was didn't come out the way a lot of people expected it will one thing's for sure i am not going to like make any pun about how such and such was epic because I refuse to stoop to that level. If I'm going to stoop to a level, it's going to be several levels underneath that, okay? Either go absolutely to the gutter or don't even bother stooping at all. That's my policy. When they go low, go absolutely into the gutter or don't bother <laughs> stooping at all. Indeed. I'll go, I'll 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 even peel up that storm grain and go on go go meet the clown from it. That's how low Ew. I'm I'm eager to go. We also have a sequel to the Beeper Mini Saga and the sequel it's actually as fresh as two or three hours ago 
That's how fun. That's I love a good rhubarb, and this is turning out to be a magnificent rhubarb. So don't think we're just going to be using last week's notes. Um, also, I've written it down here, so it must be true. Is Google actually giving us more privacy without even the tiniest court order requiring you to do so under punishment of federal or EU law? <laughs> Maybe, but we'll find out after this break. <laughs> Well, second time was the charm for Epic Games. They they sued both Apple and Google's app stores uh, over the same basic grounds that uh, their app stores represented an illegal monopoly on the app distribution market and in contradiction of federal law, uh, that their requirement to use the company's payment processing systems for in-app purchases was another thing that was super bad in the eyes of the law, and that Epic Games had suffered actual harm because of all that. Well, they lost their case against Apple in 2021, but they immediately followed that with a suit against Google. And after a four-week trial in federal court in San Francisco, a nine-person jury handed down a verdict on Monday, and they ruled in favor of Epic Games on all 11 counts (laughs) and after only three hours of deliberation. Ah, that seemed like a rather definitive Mm. loss. That wasn't – you can't simply say, well, at least they X that – that was quick. I I just okay. So I when I heard that it was a jury deciding this because I saw I had seen the headlines the night before showing up in my RSS feed. Yes, I still use RSS. Um, and it was like a picture of Sundar Pichai coming out of the courthouse with the headline like, uh, you know, the trial goes to a jury, and I'm just thinking to myself. Just got twelve randos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to juries. I am. We 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 have we have all we, we just say that because we have all been one of those randos at some point in our lives. <laughs> yeah, and they kicked me out for being too emotional because I couldn't handle like the violence that they were talking about. You know, so I know what these how these I know firsthand how these juries are picked. Okay, <laughs> and how do you know the lawyers didn't go in and make sure that everybody was you know kind of a you know, maybe Google was favoring the sort of tech, you, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Although, <laughs> although there, there are, uh, there are a lot of like reporters who are actually in the, in the, in the, in the room yes. every single day and all of them and agree, Google people and Google people, of course, <laughs> but the, there are people on, uh, on social media who are ba- basically live tweeting interesting things. And almost everybody agreed that live this, ju- yeah, uh, Sorry. Almost, Sorry. They, they all agree that the jury was very, very attentive. They were paying close attention. They were taking notes. They were reading the documents. So, like, it's not as though they just got nine randos who don't understand anything and made an emotional decision. Oh, sorry, nine. Okay. Nine. But 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 that said, yeah, the 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 Apple ruling was handed down by done by a single judge. So they they argued before one judge. Juries can be very very random. <sighs> But there, there are a lot. There, but there are a lot of other differences <laughs> between like these two cases too. Um, one of the reasons why Apple won is because they are a com- they have a complete lock on everything. Okay, they they own the app store, they own the hardware, they own the operating system. There was never any opportunity for a competing app store to ever like encroach on that outside mm-hmm. of jailbreaking the iPhone, which is almost it's kind of possible on an outside way but it's not something that is they let's put it this way apple has never had to have a meeting about what should i what should we do about the possibility of a competing app store that would uh, take away the billion the tens uh, like 
was it 13, 14 billion, well, well over $10 billion they make from their 30% cut of, uh, of App Store sales. They never had to have a meeting about it. Therefore, there was never a trail of internal communications <laughs> between Apple executives about whether or not this is a threat. And if this is a threat, who is specifically a threat to us? And if so, what we sh- what should we do in order to eliminate that threat? And Google's situation was very, very, very different. They, yeah, because you can sideload apps, it's it was always possible. And there were there are other app markets there. And they, in discovery, of course, they found the Epic's Epic's uh, attorneys found lots of communications in which they were saying that basically that that Google was really aware of how bad things could get. Like they could lose almost all of they worry that they could lose almost all of the money they're making through the Play Store through app downloads if this thing gets out of hand. They identified Epic specifically as no 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 this is if Epic if Epic decided to take Fortnite like as a side loaded app here's how much money we would lose we've got to do something about this. Lord. They, um, it's just capitalism, y'all. I yeah, mean, that's why they were having these discussions because they were just they're worried about yeah the shareholders at the end of the day. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, and uh, it's like this. This is yeah. why they're. This is why they're antitrust laws. So that, and this is why these things go to jury, so that they can discuss. Okay, you don't want to simply say you, you don't want to be able to simply. A, a company should not necessarily, even for its own safety, not even just making shareholders happy. Say, okay, we will let these people basically go to our loading dock, take get the use use our forklifts to get millions billions and billions of dollars off of our loading dock put it on a barge and we could just watch it sail away or mm. we can do something to stop that from happening but when you get when they have evidence like this so they, they were actually <laughs> so they were make the thing that uh, that uh, the the jury was really harping on was that uh google made specific like was really going full court, court press against this um not only had inter- internal docs singled out epic as an app store as a specific threat against their their app store model but also mm-hmm. they they so to counter off counteract all that they'd made agreements with both hardware makers like samsung and app developers and game developers specifically to exclude alternative like independent app stores like this is similar to what we've been hearing in lots of the antitrust cases against google that they said hey yeah android you can sideload apps and that's why we're we love to be open and hey Hey, and Android is an open platform, and that's wonderful. Hey, all of us is better than just some of us. Hey, whatever. And yes, and anybody can build Android without without even involvement from Google. But let's be frank: with people, users out there, they want the YouTube app, and they want Google Search, and uh, they want the uh, Google Play Store experience. And if you know it's good for you, <laughs> you, you can't. If I'm basically locking them into agreement, saying if you agree to take, we will let you have all of the crown jewels of of the Android Google experience, but you have to not. You have to basically lock out. Uh, other app stores. I don't think I don't think the agreements were specifically locking them out so much as you will not make an agreement with, actually specifically with Epic and allow them to f- to pre-install Fortnite, uh, the Fortnite installer app uh, on their mm. or competing app store on the device. They were actually paying off Activision and the makers of League of Legends, whose name eludes me because all I know is League of Legends and I'm not really a gamer. Like they were, they had been making plans to distribute Android games through their own app stores. They were uh, Google knew about this. This is one of the reasons why they're fearing about this. And Google just bought them off. 
so they basically, we will give you a lot of money or we will give you discounts. We will give you all kinds of benefits if you don't do that thing that we don't want you to do. Um, they even used, they even did, again, this is, this is the sort of thing that even, uh, yeah, my, I, I kind of red flagged the idea that, oh, this is a jury trial. They didn't understand what they were talking about. No, there was a lot of things that they particularly were harping on. Uh, so Google even did an exclusive sweetheart deal for Spotify. They let Spotify, unlike any other any other app, use its own payment processor. Uh, and so that basically gave them the option of like paying 0% on every in-app subscription to Spotify as opposed yeah, I to- think I, I think I had heard this come through the pipeline. Sorry, yeah, keep going. No, exactly. And if, they, and if they did use the Google uh, Google's uh, payment processor, their discount, they were discounted just 4% instead of 30%. So this all looked really, really, really skeevy. The worst part of it, though, as if, I mean, the, you know, app, see, Google made some good, good arguments. I had been not following this as closely as as other of the legal actions against Google recently. Uh, I was kind of catching up in, in fits and starts. Right. But one, but one of the arguments that they're making is that, well, look, you know, Spotify is a really, really important partner for Android. They put a lot of investment in the Android platform. And we act. We really do want to encourage this two-way relationship. And if that me as as of as of particularly strategic partner, yes, we were willing to give them benef- certain benefits. We weren't willing to give other people. Okay, but one of the things that really got up the noses of the jury was there was uh, the Epic's attorneys were asking for certain internal communications, and Google's lawyers had to say, "Yeah, those emails and message threads and stuff, those are missing. We don't have them. We can't give them to you." Like you can't, yeah, they were, they weren't retained. Like why? And their, their, and their explanation was, oh, well, we, we had some scattershot data retention policies. Uh, and that was simply a standard procedure for like that division at that time. Oh, we've tightened things up since then, but no, the stuff that you want us to give you, we can't give you. Uh, oh my God. Spoken yeah. like a true used to be a bare bones startup. They moved so fast that they didn't even think about any of that stuff that they had to do yeah. down the line. Well, and, and to make things worse, they did have they did have messages that said that, hey, excuse me, internal messages saying, hey, why don't you why don't we turn off uh, data retention for this message thread? And Google, Sundar Pichai was asked about this because, mm. again, this was like a weak point. This was the thermal access port on the Death Star, <laughs> as far as Epic was concerned. Mm-hmm. And said, so, oh, well, that was completely unrelated to Epic. It's like, well, we only have your word for that, Sundar. Like, yes, you do. But what a wonderful word it is. Uh, and this was, this, this was not, this was not found to be humorous. Sundar, you're a nice man, but I'm not, I can't just yeah, go exactly. your word only, my dude. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying your stories about playing cricket as a child, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they, one of the jurors spoke to, I, I can't remember who the, who he spoke to, but I remember the press and he said that, yeah, the, the jury did consider the deleted internal chats to be quote concerning unquote. And that was a factor in trusting the testimony of Epic CEO, uh, more than Sundar Pichai and the rest of Google's testimony. Also the, the judge was also unimpressed, mm-hmm. uh, on Friday, uh, before deliberations, he promised that they would investigate the hell out of this. So this is not in any way a dead issue. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's bad. It was, mm-hmm. it was. It was not. A, this is. This. This explains the three hours <laughs> that they. They. They were not even interested in saying, "Hey, if we. If we stretch it to eight, we could get another really nice takeout dinner at the state's expense." No, they said, "Well, we want to. We. We. We got all we got. We can just get rid of. We can just punch this out. The punch this into the net." Just 
very quickly, can we just talk about how much bad news has just been permeating right before the holidays? <laughs> and like, excuse me, permeating. I mean, I think I meant to say proliferating, but whatever. It's still Propagate, permeating whatever. through whatever. It's 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 coming through everyone's pores. Like this is just bad news, <laughs> bears. Now, when are they going to go back to court? Wait. So this this is it. So this, this is, is it. This, so well, this they is... would have to file a. They're they're definitely going to appeal. The uh, Google's yeah, lawyers has, has already uh, promised to appeal. Um, Google's official. So statement. they can at least have the holidays. <laughs> exactly. They can. Well, so the next the next immediate step is that uh, the the punitive uh, phase of the trial. Epic was not looking for any money. They just basically wanted to. <laughs> they wanted to wanted Google to adjust its methodology to allow Epic to pay as little as possible to the google play store if if anything and that's probably what they're going to be going for uh the judge basically Just pay us something yeah. 15 dollars a month please yeah. <laughs> i mean this this was worth billions and billions of dollars for each each company i, I mean that's this, that's the that's the one thing that kind of got out my hair about tim sweeney the ceo of epic mm. say oh no 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 we have the uh, we could have like negotiated and uh, google actually offered us a special deal but we said no because our strength this is the strength of 10 ceos because our our souls are pure that no you didn't really what what you wanted is to be able to pay nothing and that's why probably the the, the moving reason why you're you're definitely moving ahead um so the next thing is that in mid january uh, google and epic and the judge in this case get together to try to work out a an agreement that will satisfy mostly epic and the judge and google has to take what they can get uh but the judge can basically do whatever they want they don't necessarily have to Say, oh, you've got to shut down the Play Store, or hey, you've got to change your uh, uh, change how much you, you you charge for fees. The judge has already said that, hey, look, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to order a certain percentage as the correct percentage. I'm also uh, what else? What else was Epic looking for? Um, he also, oh, Epic was also saying, and we also want as part of the agreement that, hey, if if Google breaks this agreement, then here is right in the agreement, like what the punishment is going to be. The judge said, I don't do that. I'll if you if they break the agreement, you come back to court and you prove that they broke the agreement. But I'm not gonna like put in a, a an immediate gotcha. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. we don't. So we don't know. Obviously, this, it's going to appeal. It's going to appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. Probably, it's going to go for as long as it can go, three or four years. However, this has certainly got to put the fear of God into both Google and Apple because, I mean, Apple, uh, I mean, they, 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 all they, all they lost in the 2021 version of this trial was the judge said, uh, dismissed everything except for the one point saying, okay, this is the, 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 the Apple app store requirement that the a developer cannot through the app, like offer the user a discount on anything if they go if they leave the app and go to a website and that's like really <laughs> I, can't, I can't i can't say hey sign up through like paypal on our Wait, website that's apple's yeah that's been an app store apple's policy. policy that's been an apple policy to the beginning but but if you buy like tiktok coins i'm asking because if you buy tiktok coins you get you don't have to you can pay. You, you can do that, but according to, according to the original uh, according to the original uh, developer agreement, you couldn't have like a link in the app that says, "Oh, tap tap here to go to the to to go to the TikTok store oh, or whatever." That's right. Okay, to buy it's this. only thirty percent more right on TikTok because yeah. they are 
also paying. So that's why you go to TikTok.com. Yeah. Anyway. But so, so who knows? Like, I think that just like with so many things that Apple does, that's very, very positive for the user and very, very positive for people who care about antitrust. They tend to get feel, only feel the pressure through the courts because like once they realize that, okay, there is a hammer know, that isn't is not frustrating. Yeah. It's everything. Every, everything that we've ever like won is because we had somebody smart enough to figure out how to manipulate it in court. And I'm talking about civil rights too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the, we're not getting RCS not because Google, Apple saw the light. Not that yeah. Google is at that level. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Again, by the way. this, 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 uh, I, I often get after Apple, but only and this only for the same things I get after Google and like other companies for it's like you say this one thing, but then like, what are your actions and why, why did you suddenly decide that, okay, any developer is making less than X dollars per year, doesn't have to pay any app store fees whatsoever. Oh, wow. That only happened when you're getting started, when you started getting pressure about your app store policies. And why did you start to support RCS? Oh, right. That's when people started pressuring you about like your control over mm -hmm. the iMessage platform. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure thing out. Tim Sweeney had a, <laughs> had a, had a, of course, I, I, uh, Tim Sweeney uh, had a big post on the Epic blog about, hey, well, it's a great day for all developers to see the Sherman Antitrust Act works in the new era of Technopolis. I'm not going to quote more than that. It's a long, it's a victory lap. Meanwhile, like there is no post on the Google blog at all. There's no. just the Google will continue to defend shove the it. Android business model. <laughs> shove it. Just shove it underneath the rug. Meanwhile, Tim Sweeney's like bringing up Microsoft. He's bringing up Microsoft. <laughs> Yeah, so this is yeah, this is and I'm part of the. I before I move on to the next one, this is probably just an indication that now they, now Epic has pointed out here's where the thermal exhaust port is. If you find like some farm kid with, who can access the force, that's how you blow up the Death Star. Maybe you should find some more farm kids who can. I do lift appreciate rocks that you're using brains. this metaphor because it actually makes more sense to me because I've seen Star Wars way more times than I have ever written read anything on this epic trial yeah because you know it's, it's hard to get into the nitty-gritty of all these details and understand their significance and yeah at least now at least now we know that this is what the regulation is going to look like in the next yeah and i think in the yeah. next couple of years i think i think it's going to be good for everybody particularly developers nothing nothing worse can happen to developers out of this only good things yeah. that can happen um like I said, I was, I've been catching, I've been following this in fits and spurts. Uh, there was something that I can't believe I missed a couple of weeks ago uh, from testimony that came to light. Now, I know that none of us in our this conversation, you or I or the listener, is naive about how, particularly in modern times, tech companies at best try to influence and manipulate the press. At worst, they consider the mm -hmm. press to be part of their official PR slash marketing team. Okay, whether it's hey, we will give you, we we will give you like right. a refrigerator that's shaped like a Pixel Eight phone because we want you to like have an entire new episode of your uh, of your YouTube channel all about oh my god I can't believe what's this thing that Google sent me I can't I don't know what it is it required a forklift oh my god it's it even has the the camera bar with the new upgraded forty X like like okay whatever um but but <laughs> this but this this uh the, so the trial had evidence that showed exactly how bad and how direct it can be uh so uh epic was able to provide smoking gun evidence through again google internal communications that google had plant had planted at least one story 
that was designed to undermine faith and trust in the safety of the Fortnite installer app. All this stuff, all this stuff started in 2018 when Fortnite basically unilaterally said, okay, guess what? We have a new version of the Fortnite app. It is simply an installer app that will download and install it the, yes, from our, from our own app store. Right? Vaguely remember this. Mm-hmm. And what happened was uh, in the first version of that app, again, back in 2018, Google discovered a serious security flaw in that first edition of that app. And, this was just routine for Google. They found a security flaw. They followed policies. They informed Epic before anybody else. Uh, and Epic patched, patched it really quickly. Uh, and Epic expected Google to wait like a, a good amount of time so that the maximum number of installations of this app could be patched and updated before that flaw became publicly known. In their back uh, backroom communications with Google security, they say, hey, give us 90 days before you make this public. And that that's pretty much standard. It's not necessarily the number of days, but we will, we will let you know before anybody else. We will give uh, a grace period to give people an, uh, give, uh, an opportunity to make sure that before we are telling, before we start telling people how to exploit this, this security flaw, to make sure that your patch has been distributed accurately. Uh, but Google gave it only one week. And Tim Sweeney, at the time, cried foul immediately. Um, I remember. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And and, and this, this thing I will quote in full. Uh, a mm-hmm. company is po- – I, I think this is on the official blog, but it was a, a long longer post. But a company as powerful as Google should practice more responsible disclosure timing than this and not endanger users in the course of its counter-PR efforts against Epic's distribution of Fortnite outside of Google Play. Uh, and during the trial uh, last month, Hiroshi Lockheimer, who you know and love as the senior mm-hmm. vice president and head of Android, denied who that. Who I have was, interviewed. Who you have interviewed. He's, he was a guest on the show in the old, old, old days. Um, mm-hmm. He denied that there was anything tactical about Google only waiting seven days instead of the 90 days they'd asked for. And in fact, if you actually go to Google's official vulnerability disclo- disclosure policy, seven days for a zero day problem, which is what this was is explicitly mes- mentioned it basically said that, that they could take as much as much as 90 days to issue a pr- press release and inform the public uh but they could but in the case of something that's really egregious and really dangerous they could narrow that a lot uh even down to uh, as much as a week so they didn't necessarily do any they didn't do anything that smelled specifically smoking gunish at the time so at the time in 2018 this is no more than an accusation well but Epic, again, they had some internal okay. emails from, from Hiroshi Lockheimer that indicated that it wasn't so innocent. Uh, oops, they did it again. Uh, so uh, Sean Hall, I got to thank Sean Hollister, who was covering the t- trial for The Verge. Again, mm-hmm. just sitting there, listening to everything and transcribing as quickly as they could. You did a great job. Yep. Uh, so uh, he re- re- reported the mail thusly, so I'm going to quote it. Uh, one, and this is uh, the, quoting the email that Hiroshi Lockheimer sent. One, Ed needs to update the thread, ideally, to, uh, excuse me, uh, documenting how uh, Google decided to plant a story about the security vulnerability and make make Fortnite and make Epic look bad. Number one, Ed needs to update the thread, ideally today, to notify Epic that we are going to make the bug public tomorrow now that it's been seven days since they fixed it. Two, bug goes live tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Three, we tip off the press about the bug and share our reactive statement and background points. Uh, and then another quote here, quote, we shared the bug with, uh, from, uh, from a reply to the email, uh, quote, we shared the bug with Android Central and work with them today to shape a piece, unquote. Google spokesperson Shannon Newbery replied later, quote, great headline and conveys the points we wanted to convey, unquote. Uh, 
Vokheimer replied, well done. Thank you. That looks real bad. Can I listen to me something? I'm going to say this on the record. I'm really glad that's not my name on there. <sighs> yeah. I'm just saying it. Yeah. Because there, this is something with access journalism that happens. You just kind of get really comfy with the people you're working with. You become friends. You become, you know, you know about each other's children, blah, blah, blah. But that's. Yeah, that's that. Like, that's, and, and it's and it's hard. It's, it's hard because it's, you know. You've you've been given direct information about something that is actually a legitimate issue, okay? It's easy. To, it's easy for the suspicious part of your mind to say, you know what? I'm going to let you have this one because, gosh, this is a so this is an important. We were covering this story all the time because of this new side loading thing, and now we need to let pe- let people know that if you've installed it. Maybe based on our our saying, hey, this is an interesting thing. You need to make sure you update it qu- quickly. But yeah, that's this is this is why. Like a long time ago, I switched to a never off the record wow, policy. Just, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, no, Andy. Go ahead. But but uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not the believe me my 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 halo is tarnished and bent. <laughs> okay, I am an imperfect vessel for the to hold the universe's perfection. I admit that. So I'm not putting myself above anybody else. But it was stuff like this that got me to simply say that now there is an inflexible rule. You talk to me, it's on the record. Like if you if you are an Apple spokesperson, you will speak. Uh, my first question. I need to put or, that uh, in go- my email. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's, I mean, obviously, most of my communications, like at the time, were with Apple. But like Apple, Google, anybody, it's like whenever I get something like that, say, "Hey, I got a, I got something for you that's kind of interesting." I say, "Oh, that's great. Is this on the record?" Because if Google's saying, "Oh, yes, we will go on the record to say that we were the ones who gave you this story and told you that that's going to be ready to go at 9 a.m. and we're not telling anybody else," they would probably have ended the conversation right there. And that's like. So, so this, this is, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of, I'm putting a lot of footnotes here, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound as if I'm attacking anybody specifically that was involved in this because I was, I wasn't there in 2018. I didn't know the conversations that happened. Maybe the editor in chief said, we're running this over the objections of other people. That's always a possibility, especially when something that's going to get a lot of attention, like comes across your desk. So I, but it's just a way to remind all of us to stay vigilant that every, I actually, I actually got, I won't get into the nitty gritty details, but there was a time where I just got so PO'd at a tech company because there was a a very large publication had a a huge scoop about a project under development that had been unannounced. And it was so obvious that that story had been spoon fed by this huge company. And I'm like, there is no way that if I I would not, I'd, it's not that I would have heard about this. It's that I would have heard about a lot of people getting fired. I, I, I absolutely appreciate that. I would not necessarily have heard about this. It's not like I, wow, this, I've never heard of this before. So therefore it must've been come. It must've, I, if I couldn't have found out about that, nobody could have found out about it. No, but it's like a, a security breach, a privacy breach of this level. I would have heard about people, basically their key cards not working again. And also it was suspicious as hell. And that's that's one of the things that kind of had like that breaking point for me that said, I'm going to step back. I'm going to reevaluate how I interface with all of these companies because I I think that I have I 
I always thought that I was pretty good at you know saying okay yeah you're giving me stuff off the record but i'm I'm taking this with a grain of salt that's like for now on i i resent the idea that anyone could even think that that's going to work so i'm just going to simply say if it's not on the record it's not a conversation i want to have and that's the only way that's the only way to not have to have these conversations with yourself about whether it's okay am i being manipulated is this in the public's interest is this in my reader's interests and how will this benefit me in the future so say nope it's off the record then i don't want to hear about it woof Oh well, hope that hope hope, hope <laughs> ever. I mean, that's that that had to be again. Every, every, I mean, anybody who's been in this business for long enough has things that they absolutely cringe to remember. That oh god, remember that thing that happened five years ago, mm-hmm. ten years ago that I did that was really really stupid and wrong and bad that I was hoping no one would ever remember again. Yeah, the email behind that is now part of public testimony. Oh darn! <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <sighs> Well, we've got another le- one last gift to give in our in our pre-holiday run-up, and we'll be getting to that right after this break. Well, we have an update on the Beeper Mini situation. It is actually, I was going to say it was a rhubarb, but I think now it's escalated into a full Donnybrook, and that's because of things that started happening just a few hours ago. So we talked about Beeper Mini last week. It had, had this huge explosive uh, impact upon uh, the Android world because it was the first iMessage client that would allow you to chat with your friends through uh, your iPhone friends through iMessage without having to go to an in-between, without having to like, host a Mac server or anything. It was a way they Beeper had figured out a way to through its app validate your android phone as a legitimate iMessage client and the iMessage network hosted by apple would simply use it as a regular as as if it were an iphone well there's a really good reason for that and it's because it was as we mentioned last week it was falsifying device ids and credentials uh, so that it, so that a, it's one of its most impressive features would work so that you could just you didn't have to log right. into uh, to, uh, with an Apple ID or anything, just give your phone number and it would basically give iMessage when it's registering as a new device, the uh, the ID of a real iPhone Apple device somewhere. And so they could get like all the tokens and keys that it needed to participate in iMessaging. Well, uh, those of you who are wondering exactly how many hours or minutes it would take before Apple would shut this down, I'm not going to do the math, but one of you has, has already collected the pot. It was Friday when people started reporting that, hey, Beeper Mini no longer works anymore after 100,000 downloads. Andy, it stopped working. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It Go. stopped working while I filed my story as yes. my editor. Isn't that fun? And, like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is just... Uh, and then I put in my copy. Oh, is it just expect to run into bugs? No, <laughs> y'all. It went down. It went down, down, down. Yeah, it was. it's super fun when things move that fast because... Uh, we talked about it on the Mac Break Show on Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon, like uh, two or three hours after people who who weren't in on the beta like learned about it. So I had to like do as much research as I can, and I'm I'm trying to like remember. I did say if this works or if this is true. I have heard that it authenticates mm-hmm. this way. I don't know if that's true or not, but if so. 
because otherwise I'll look like a major, major snickerdoodle. This is this is why we this is why weasel words when we're talking extemporaneously about something that's new. Like this is why we use words like allegedly, like if true, yes. like sources have said supposedly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm um, always just yeah. I just act like a skeptical. Anyway, anyway, yeah, you have to. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so <laughs> Apple decided that uh, the first thing we're going to do is close down that little trick of uh, again misidentifying itself as an apple device okay if that was wrong <laughs> slap the cuffs on an apple actually did i uh, should have you know what i should have taken i should have after you explained everything last week it finally clicked to me like what was going on with all of this stuff and i wasn't skeptical about it enough yeah i mean it's it's i'll say it here it's it's hard to well yeah it's it's hard to know like again with anything like this i was yeah. i was very enthusiastic because um i actually even when on tuesday morning when i first got the story uh, again people who had access to the beta were had their their ndas had lifted because uh, cuz the app had actually released and i was I, i'd almost like skipped past it because just like when nothing promised that oh we've got an ims solution i thought okay it sounds like the exact same it's probably going to be the exact same lame way that compromises mm. the entire security the fact that when i learned some of the technical stuff about how it was doing what it was doing that it was no it was actually that the hack so to speak was to get it rec the device recognized as a legitimate iMessage client not to go through a server not to go through any sort of uh, relays or anything like that i thought wow if that were true then apple would have a hard time shutting this down because once it's authenticated device how do you revoke mm -hmm, an mm -hmm. author authorization for it um but yeah so apple said uh, released a statement on Saturday, the day after they killed that that mechanism. At Apple, we build our products and services with industry-leading privacy and security technologies, unless it's RCS, designed to give users control of their data and keep personal information safe from anybody outside of Apple. We took steps to protect our users by... I'm just mean, I'm sorry. We took steps to protect our users by blocking techniques that exploit fake credentials in order to gain access to iMessage. These techniques posed significant risks to user security and privacy, including the data, the, the, the potential for metadata exposure and enabling unwanted messages, spam and phishing attacks. We will continue. We promise. Eagle lands on I mean, shoulder, flag flaps behind them to make updates in the future to protect our users. I mean, can you blame them? Oh, of course not. No, that was. I. By the way, I hate saying that. Can you blame? The, oh, no, no. The yeah. Corporate corporation. Yeah. But like. I mean, this this is a discussion we've been having for for years. That yeah. like I I would love for Apple to officially support iMessage to either standard mm -hmm. create a standard that Android apps could then support if they wanted to, even if it were just a partial uh, implementation of iMessage. I would love for them to create an iMessage client, but on, on, in no reality can I say that oh well they they're obligated to do so or there's no reason for them mm -hmm. not to. Uh, again, this is this is why I love these lawsuits because that's when you get to see emails between each other. Yes, they did say that. Well, if we made an iMessage client for Android, it would just give people another reason to switch to Android. Uh, why would we want to do that? But in reality, it's like they're not. They they develop this protocol themselves, and they actually have to host the traffic themselves. Like, why would they? Why would they? That's true. A, a, unless they were doing something uh, uh, the genuine kindness of their heart, why would they simply say <laughs> we will allow the single the the single largest phone uh, mobile operating system to relay messages through our servers for free 
Yeah, that no would be, problem. And, and also, also do all the tech support, do all that stuff. It's like, uh, you, you don't need it. RCS is a different thing. It's like, all you have to do is add this protocol to the list of protocols that you already support, and you will have a more secure and less crappy experience, not just for Android people, but for your own users, why you're not doing this. So, um, so yeah, and that's why, again, I was a little bit, sar- a little bit, I was very much sarcastic when they're talking about, oh, we're touching our users. I mean, because one of the things that kind of, that, got me enthusiastic about beeper mini was the that same yeah it's like the, the the transport of messages between beeper mini and a, a, a user of an iphone was as is as secure as it is on any iphone true so that's a little bit fudgy but there is to be to be fair there's as yet no assurance that once the message lands on an android phone it's as safe from access by malicious code on that Android phone as it would be on an iPhone. So who knows if, like, yes, it was secure, it was securely transmitted from that iPhone to my phone, but who knows if there's a data leak in this app that so that on some dark web site that they know there's a tool for looking for iMessages on an i on an Android phone because it stays in a ca- in a cache somewhere where it can be graded. Okay, so f- fair point there. And again, I think a- Apple was kind of obligated to. If there was an easy way to shut this down, to shut this down, um, mm-hmm. okay. But this is why this is how it goes from a a rhubarb into a Donnybrook. A beeper volley back with an update just three days later, just on Monday, a few days ago, that got the app working again. However, mm-hmm. it could obviously Apple did shut down that fake authentication system, and as a result, as a consequence, it can no longer put your Android phone onto iMessage with just its phone number. It now requires a valid Apple ID, and so mm-hmm. they basically. Took, they, they basically had it. What happened with you when the, when this happened? Did you have to reauthorize? Did you have to re-sign in? Yeah, I was fine. I just had to update. Yeah. So they kept pushing push notifications every day. At first, my messages were stuck in iPhone or excuse me, iMessage purgatory as I was calling it everywhere. And <laughs> I was a little concerned because I was supposed to meet my friends on Sunday and they both have iPhones. So that's how we were we were communicating through Beeper because they were my guinea pigs. God bless them. <laughs> um, I couldn't talk to them for about 24 hours. And then suddenly I got a push notification that said my phone number had been deregistered from iMessage. I know that I could have done it myself. I had gotten a lot of people linking me to that support page. But it was just I, I decided to wait and see how Beeper was going to handle it. Like I wanted to see how they were going to handle it on their end. Um, and yeah, they deregistered me. I went back in. I re-registered with my email, and I have an active Apple ID plus iPhones. So everything has been okay so far. I tested before you and I started recording. Yep. I sent my cousin a couple messages. We both reacted to each other's stuff. So yeah, oh, that I'm sorry, sorry just bring people up to date. So. As as I was preparing the story, there's started oh, becoming. Oh, apologies! Some... I thought you covered that already. No, no, no. I, I was I was I was mentioning that was the first time that Apple took Beeper down. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as so seven thirty four p.m. tonight. This is again Wednesday night as we're recording. Uh, the official Beeper account on Twitter posted that quote: "We're investigating reports that some users cannot receive iMessages on Beeper Mini and Beeper Cloud," and. Uh, there were so, and there were there were also reports on from Reddit users that Beeper Mini had stopped working again uh, as a such. Uh, and so I went to, went on to Reddit, the the uh, Beeper subreddit. The outage, as uh, again as of like seven or eight, had not affected all users. A lot of users were saying, "Hey, no, I'm I'm just fine." Some were reporting that they could uh, 
that they could send but not receive, or they couldn't like, create new chats because they were getting error messages saying, "Oh, that person is not the uh, is not an iPhone user." Um, and now I've just checked it as of three hours ago, like two hours after that, uh, uh, on the Beeper account. Apple appears to be deliberately blocking iMessages from being delivered to roughly 5% of Beeper Mini users. Uninstalling and reinstalling Beeper Mini fixes the issue. We won't have a fix tonight, but we're working on it. <laughs> fight, fight, they've been, fight, fight, fight. They've been fight. push notifying me too and like pestering me to update every time they've been pushing the update. Like, update it now. Here's a link to the Play Store. Um, I mean, and at one point, too, when I saw that Apple had taken them down over the weekend, I was like, why would you guys have to? Here's what I thought, honestly. Why would you guys have to do all that PR? You couldn't just, like, be quiet about it? Like, you had to just shove it in their face that you figured it out? Yeah. Like, of course they came after you. Because it's, because it's nice to make $200,000 a month on your app. <laughs> uh, although, they're, although they're not making any money now, uh, after the first time they they brought Beeper back online. They said, "Okay, guess what? For the time being, we are not we are not charging the two dollars a month subscription fee because, like, this is the process that I think we all kind of expected was going to was going to happen. Where if there is an easy way to shut this off, Apple was going to take it to do the easy way, and then Beeper was going to figure out a way around that to get the service back up. And now Apple has to do like the less easy thing to get this to stop working, and then they can do another thing to get this back up again. And eventually, either Apple will find a way conclusively to make mm -hmm. this impossible to run, or they're gonna realize that, are we so PO'd by this that we are gonna burn the entire iMessage network and rebuild it from scratch, specifically to exclude this thing from happening? Why this not? Why not? Oh, well, the all-new, hecka secure iMessage, not even a green <laughs> bubble can penetrate it. Oh dear. Yeah. It's, this is why, like I've, this is what's kind of interested me about this story that I would love for there to be a lawsuit so we can see all of the emails mm. and all the conversations, and all the meeting notes inside of Apple. Like who is making the argument that, look, this is going to be almost completely irrelevant. And here, here's how many legitimate iMessage users were going to inconvenience by trying to shut this thing down. This is, we, we are willing, are we willing to drive the bus off the cliff because we are trying to swat a fly that's in our face while we're trying to steer. Okay. Or are we just going to put up the fact that, okay, this is annoying, but it doesn't really change our business whatsoever. Uh, I mean, that's at some point they're going to have to say, are we okay with this? Not being an officially recognized iMessage client, but this is hmm. this is the line that we're not willing to cross. The, the amount of work we're not willing to do, the amount of disruption we're not willing to inflict on people. Kind of like the second George Lucas movie reference of the of the show, possibly the last one, but you never know. The like the end. Uh, spoilers for THX one one three eight. I've never seen it. Mm. Okay, <laughs> well in, that, in that case, I will say that if you've seen THX one one three eight, it's exactly like the situation with Robert Duvall. Some of you will get that and appreciate that. The rest of it will hopefully okay. be inspired to see THX 1138, an early seminal uh, George Lucas, and also a peek at San Francisco's uh, BART rail system under construction because mm. they they were able mm -hmm. to use the un, the finished but unpopulated tunnels for like car races and stuff like that. It's it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it's, so I think we're going to see the line that gets crossed. I, as as I think I said last week, though, it's like there's uh, it's like. I'm still not willing to install it because 
either a messaging app has to either work or not work. And if mm-hmm. someone is thinking that I'm going to get this message, like I, I boy, like I, my, my, my producers that I work with at, uh, at, uh, NPR at WGBH, like if they send me a text message, it's really important. And if I get, the, right. and, the, and if I get, if I get a message like delayed three hours saying, Oh, can you add this to the show doc or mm-hmm. Hey, uh, just a reminder that like we moved up, we moved you up an hour. Like I didn't get that email. Okay, well, thank God you sent me that text message. That's that's a that's an that's a complete and total failure. And the second problem is that once Apple actually implements RCS, it will give me everything that I kind of wanted out of iMessage to begin with. I don't want iMessage. I just want high resolution photos and video. I want like threaded messages to work great. I want uh, to chat over Wi-Fi, all that kind of stuff. If you give it to me through RCS, that's fine too. So. Sometimes I put myself in the mind of someone asking me for a recommendation and I think Beeper Mini is really interesting, but I don't, I can't really recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, for what it's worth, now that I'm signed up with my email, I'm not getting text messages immediately. I have to send the message out Yeah. to have it show up as a blue bubble. But when they text me... They're not texting my email. They're texting my phone number, which is on, you know, registered to my Android device. So I kind of like having the little shell <laughs> app if I need to send something high res. So I'm going to test yeah. it that way. Yeah. I'm going to keep it around that way for a little for a little while longer. Yeah. I, I, I'm also keen to see how Beeper evolves because they also they also have mm-hmm. a, a, a cloud product. They also have like a, a larger agenda of we just want one messaging app that does WhatsApp, that does iMessage, mm-hmm. that does SMS, RC. They actually, they don't support SMS or RCS yet, do they? Uh, but they want one. Just like, just as you said last week, like just like there used to be a ch- one chat app that supported every protocol, like ICQ and everything. And mm-hmm. now they it got split up into empires. And now you never know, mm-hmm. like you never know, like you have to give somebody eighteen different chat addresses. And make sure, hope that they're all installed and operating at the same time to get any hope of being told that don't come to the house. A pipe, a pipe burst. Unless you want to help us clean a burst toilet, don't come to the house. We'll reschedule the Christmas party. Um, one, one last, one last thing. Uh, so this is what we mentioned. Like it's weird. Google, Google did something to improve like the personal privacy and security of Google Maps without being required to do so. They just uh, they just put this out. I think yesterday, an update to Google Maps is going to be rolling out to everybody. So if you've got location history turned on, they did some simple things that are really helpful. Data storage over the next three months, a few months, will soon shift from the cloud to the device. So Google will not be have your your location history will be tracked. So that if you want to rewind, saying hey, where I have I been here before? Where I, where was I on October eighth or whatever? That will be on device, and Google will not have access to it. It will not be in the cloud anymore. Um, you can back it up to the cloud if you want to, but if you do, it will be encrypted so that even Google can't read it anymore. Uh, you also have the power to delete specific locations, specific searches, specific directions, specific mm-hmm. shares. So, in very good, very very good, I can yes. finally hide all of the secret meetings that I've been. No, really, what I want to do is I'm going to hide all the uh, times I sneak off to the discount stores <laughs> to go see what the new, what is new in stock. Like nobody should be going to Five Below as often as I do. <laughs> if it, you know, sometimes it's a therapeutic. Sometimes it's med- I just want medically to see what's co- new. medically indicated. Yeah, yeah oh, I just exactly. Want to see what's new and stupid. <laughs> 
this is this is why this is why I miss like the the big like antique store in the neighborhood because mm-hmm. it was more like a it, oh, it was best, yes it was more like a junction uh, it was it was better better than a better archival. than a, better than a garage sale not as hotsy totsy as like a real antique store it was more like the best stuff from every garage sale you've ever seen if it's like at least 30 years old and so i'd just be walking around and saying hey wow there's a really really crazy looking like nine lamp made in the 1950s made to look like it was an art deco lamp but it looks like cheap and tacky as hell and they only want 23 dollars for it i bet that i could buy it and paint it like kaleidoscopic colors and would look really really cool and it would be a fun arts and crafts product things like that and even if i don't wind up buying it it would it was worth Mm -hmm. me getting out of the house to 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 learn that this thing exists uh anyway so but yeah that 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 was a much better example you you came up with than the one that spontaneously comes to mind i.e you're cheating on your partner you don't want them to know that you went to this place you don't want them to know like motels that don't that keep that that only keep paper records and can't accept cash <laughs> all this sort of stuff you can now wipe things clean um on a more serious note though uh this mm-hmm. is still pretty fresh and and google hasn't gone into super high detail yet obviously it was a post on the official blogs right. but so the electronic frontier foundation and others are wondering if this policy change will lead to the end of geofence warrants which is a big big problem that's that really really scummy technique that law enforcement sometimes uses to say we have no leads we have no idea who committed this crime Mm -hmm. google Mm -hmm. we are giving you an official subpoena that says that you have to give me a list of every device that was in this very vague location during this window of time and the names and addresses of the people and of these people and then we'll ask you for search history later on to try to pin this on somebody to to be fair this has been used to close a lot of cases that were like that and get people absolute dead to rights however like a lot of things like a lot of things that involve personal privacy and personal rights it's like do we want to preempt preemptorily arrest people for a crime we're pretty sure that they did or are, is our principle that no you have to develop you can't you, you can't let this phone like incriminate people you, you can't just you 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 can only issue a warrant for an actual suspect you cannot use this warrant to try to develop a suspect that you have no idea of develop a suspect that's a good way yeah. of putting it uh and yeah, so it's it's I mean, the Electron Frontier Foundation uh, put up a post yesterday, again saying that hey, this could be this could shut this thing down because if if possible, that would mean that now like unless you would have to kind of willfully allow this this stuff to be like a back. I'm sorry, no, you couldn't. Uh, it would it's protected and wouldn't be able it wouldn't be data that Google would have access to specifically through the Maps app. I'm sure there'd be other ways for them to track your location through Wi-Fi hotspots, through all kinds of other things. So it's, maybe it's not dead uh, to begin with. But uh, according to the article, um, I did not confirm this myself, but uh, Google mm-hmm. said in 2021, when they uh, they released a report on such things, they said that at times uh, 25% of all the warrants it was receiving on a quarter-by-quarter basis between uh, 2018 and 2021 were geofence warrants. They also provided numbers to show that these things were escalating from a few thousand in 2018 to over 10,000 uh, in 2021. It's certainly expanded why? by now. As We know yeah. why. Because protests have increased. And guess what the police are asking for? Yeah. Evidence to see where you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. Nope. If you're going to go do that, don't bring your phone. Okay? Yes, exactly. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I, I. I still like my my Sony Walkman digital uh, digital uh, uh, music player. At the time, things were. It was still. I think it was still Trump era. 
And at the time I was still like, I want to have devices so that if I want to shut off my phone completely, but I still want to be able to listen to music and stuff I can do. So if I I don't want to be, if I know that there's a protest happening somewhere, I don't want the fact that I'm walking near it to be used as evidence against me somewhere or have me added to some sort of a tracking list or something like this. My, I've gotten less paranoid since then, but it's still really, it's still a really good idea. Uh, You know what I have seen on TikTok just to close out this show just very quickly. Uh, The last thing I saw was she bought a Walkman, a Sony Walkman, an original from eBay. And she connected by auxiliary her Sony, like, WX, the big cans, the big Sony cans. <laughs> the big Bluetooth and headphones, I, noise canceling yeah, headphones. Yeah, and I was just, yeah, but, with, you know, with the line in. And I oh, was just okay. kind of laughing at this because I'm just like, this is, <laughs> this is, you're not improving the yeah. sound coming out of the cassette tape by putting on the Sony headphones with ANC. Like, the yeah. two technologies are from such opposite. <laughs> it's, it. It's, it was funny. Yeah. It was funny. It I, was I, funny. I, I'm I'm glad that they're I'm glad they're having fun. I'm glad that they're enjoying like the things, the ways they use their money. But as so, I, I don't think that there are a lot of people who lived through the cassette era who are enthusiastic about returning to the cassette era era mm-hmm. because I, well, I, there was just a post of uh, Danielle Corsetto, one of my favorite cartoonists. She does like on for Patreon like daily comic strips. In addition mm-hmm. to like the, the wonderful work she's doing, and she did she did a strip recently about how like she was listening to some old music like on Spotify like she, that she used to love like as a kid, mm-hmm. and she was getting more and more annoyed because it was like I think it was a Madonna song. I said, oh, what did they auto tune this? Like ah, and they sped it up, and oh man, why why do they try to quote fix and improve things digitally? Then she realized that no, I I was listening to this over and over again as a kid on my dad's cassette player, which was all baffed up to hell. It was not the right speed. It was, I'm, I'm, see, I'm hearing it the way it was meant to be heard for the first time. I'm mad because it doesn't sound like it was being played through a very low resolution, very wonky old cassette player. And there, there is something to that. <laughs> well, I think oh, that's, boy. I think that's going to wrap it up for us this time. Uh, you got, so have you updated your beeper mini, you've updated your beeper mini stuff for Gizmodo, have you? Not yet. You, oh, okay. I was going to, but then I decided to wait because stuff keeps changing. It's a moving target. And I, yeah. I just, I want to wait a little bit and see what happens. Very good. But idea. I am using it actively. So. Yeah. So go to Gizmodo to see all the, all the active stuff that you're, that you're writing and working mm-hmm. on. Always great. Yes, always wonderful. Check out, oh, that flow on social medias. The, the good ones, not, not the, not not the crummy ones, right? Mm-hmm. I am Anatko on Instagram and Blue Sky and Threads, and I've left – it's it's like – my Twitter account, it's like a – it's like when you inherit a house, but you don't intend to do anything with it. So you've bought – you're keeping the electricity on to keep the heaters up, to keep the, the – the prevent the, 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 the pipes from, from freezing up. You've got yep. like boards up in the windows to make sure that people can't like turn it into a crackdown or anything like that. So I, I still retain ownership of it, but it's very, very clear that there's Definitely. nobody living there and it's in flux. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, you can also go listen to me at Boston Public Radio on WGBHnews.org or the WGBH News channel on YouTube. Once again, you have one day left probably to take advantage advantage of the Relay FM mm-hmm. members sale, go to giverelay.com. Uh, and again, th- our thanks to everybody who supports us. 
uh, through their memberships. That's going to be it for us for this week. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to us this time. We hope you're going to be listening to us again next week. And until then, everybody, please have a happy, safe, and healthy seven days. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. 